Hi, Nick Green here, host of Behavior Fit Radio, where we talk health, fitness, and behavior analysis. Let's start the show. This episode is a weekly review. What I'm going to do is go over last week's uh, social media posts and happenings and uh, add some insights as I wrap up the week. I hope you enjoy. All right, good morning, everybody. It is uh, Friday, October October 9th. That's what we're looking at today. Today, uh, we're doing a weekly review. I'm a couple weeks behind. There's some some things that kind of tied me up over the past couple weeks. Um, mainly, I think the biggest thing that uh, maybe if you've been following me on social media, you might have seen if you've been in uh, field of behavior analysis that uh, one of our great leaders, Dr. Jose Martinez-Diaz, uh, passed away um, two weeks ago. Um, actually, two and a half, three weeks ago. Um, tremendous loss for the field. He did a, a lot for behavior analysis, and so... Um, that kind of derailed me a little bit, uh, kind of set things back. Um, you know, wish all, all the best for, um, you know, his family. I went to school um, at Florida Tech with his son, Brandon uh, Martinez. And, um, yeah, just thinking about Jose a lot over the past uh, couple weeks. Um, but just a little bit about uh, Jose. So he um, he's, um, he's from Cuba. He's an immigrant. He came to America, loved the American dream. He loved uh, helping people trying to get past labels, helping folks um, that had that were diagnosed with some type of developmental disability that we that we uh, call today. So he, you know, set a path, forged a career in, in behavior analysis, got his PhD from West Virginia. Um, eventually he became a, an amazing practitioner and then saw the need to train others and he started um the School of Behavior Analysis at, in, at Florida Tech down in Melbourne, Florida. So um, one of the pictures that I put up there was just a thank you, Jose. Um, when I got into the field as a clinician, um, worked as a therapist. I you know loved loved the field, learned about the science, and then eventually um, I learned about Florida Tech through my colleagues who was at my who who I was working with. And at the time, this would have been ten years ago now that. They were all on the third edition task list that the Behavior Analyst Certification Board put together for the field. And so I eventually uh, got involved in the Florida Tech BCABA um, core sequence, uh, Board Certified Assistant Behavior Analyst, um, in which Jose was the instructor in that course. And eventually, as I became interested in the field, I picked Florida Tech for my master's degree. And then right as we were leaving... Um, there's a picture here, and uh, you see on the in- Instagram social media post that uh, it's a picture of my uh, now wife Gina and I and Jose. We were at a, a clinic that we worked at in Indianapolis, and Jose was just uh, essentially touring the country looking for hybrid sites that that really um, Florida Tech has a hybrid program in which you take a master's course online and then you develop your practicum. Um, you take your practicum hours, you know, in person with an instructor. Um, honestly, I don't know if they still have that hybrid program around, but he was touring around, and this was uh, so we took a photo with him right before we, um, uh, right before a couple months before we uh, moved to Florida. So that was back in uh, would have been 2011, and so I was fortunate to have met 
and uh, worked alongside Jose at his company, ABA Tech, while I was at Florida Tech, and um, uh, yeah, just a, just a great uh, individual. He believed in you know, behavior fit in the beginning, way, 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 way before any of this became a thing. Um, so I'm always, I always feel uh, very supported by him, and you know, there's always going to be uh, echoes of his work and what I do now. So I'm very thankful for Jose. Um, and you know, in my post, I just described that. Um, you know, had Jose not started the School of Behavior Analysis and all the degree programs at Florida Tech, then I never would have had a reason to uh, move to Florida. And uh, my life was forever changed for having that opportunity. So um, much dedication to Jose. So it, that kind of led me to, uh, um, well, not really led me to try to find the right words here. So uh, then Jose uh, passed away on, on a Monday two weeks ago, then that following Thursday, Friday, I was already planning to uh, develop a course, which I'll talk about. So, um, so it's kind of surreal where I was d developing coursework um, because of the the work that Jose put together, you know, that I could follow. So, um, as I was reviewing my slides, it was pretty emotional that um, I saw a picture of myself and Jose on graduation day at Florida Tech. So, um, just seeing how I I'm in a career now that I took time off work to make continuing education courses in which that's how he got me into the field by taking his ed continuing education course. So I'm kind of closing the loop there. So it's kind of a heavy, uh, heavy, uh, heavy week when it comes to, you know, seeing a mentor and somebody, a colleague that you is responsible for a lot of your career, you know, is, has come and gone now. And, uh, so at the end of the week, I, you know, put together, you know, uh, a course that I was planning on doing. And then I just, I, I dedicated the course to Jose. So that was a big, um, that was a big, big piece that kind of delayed a lot of the, a lot of the pad podcasting, but I'm sure you all understand, so, um, big point there, so, Jose, pioneer in our field, you know, passed away, so, that kind of leads me to the next piece, the next update for, um, uh, the weekly review here is that I put together, after many, many requests, demands, seeing what's out there in the field, I put a course together, called Getting Started in Behavior Analysis. And this is a continuing education course that's really uh, designed to give kind of basic information for people that are just that want to just kind of dip their toe in the water, don't know how to get started in, in ABA and health and fitness. And it's really um, not so much a how-to guide, but just first ethical questions to think about if you're a behavior analyst or somebody that's interested in the field and its application to health and fitness. What, do we, what, what are some considerations? What are some uh, professional... Um, guiding principles that I, I put out there, some recommendations that um, I've, I've learned that people, uh, you know, need to know. This is just my point of view. So it's a it's a course that's on my website now. So if you go to behaviorfit.com forward slash academy, um, you'll see it right there. It's an hour and a half CE. You get ethics CEs, um, 30 bucks. Um, I think it's fair. So um, go ahead and check that out. And um, yeah, if you need CEs, go check it out. Um, but really, just you're gonna. I, I talk about competency, expertise, ethical considerations, action items. Um, you know, different reasons that may prevent people from uh, breaking into the field, so to speak. So um, yeah, so those are kind of the the major two kind of highlights that I was working on. So I was already working on my course, and prior to you know Jose passed away, so uh, that kind of de again derailed me a little bit on these updates. But um, yeah, so. The timing of that happened, and then um, probably about a month ago now, I recorded my third episode with Matt Sicoria on 
the Behavioral Observations podcast. So that was a, an hour-long conversation. So it's published there. So if you're interested in hearing me talk a little bit more with somebody else about, uh, um, he titled the episode, Getting Fit During a Pandemic, Session 132. So um, we talk about uh, help, how I've helped uh, many people now uh, with my cases, or my cases, my clients that I see uh, through Behavior Fit. And um, they... And I'll just, uh, just all the great things that we've done, you know, for people needing, um, you know, health and fitness support during the pandemic. So go ahead and check that out at the Behavioral Observations Podcast, episode um, 132. So that was uh, kind of the, the past two weeks of um, updates that I missed. Those are the kind of the bigger pieces. But now we'll kind of get get into um, some of the regular, the posts that I created. So um, we have one, two, three, four, uh, five men. There's... It's amazing when you miss a review week, you have so much to catch up on. So uh, we'll, we'll quickly go through some things here. So um, first post, three things to love about the iPhone, Apple Watch, and fitness updates. So um, this post I talked about finally on the Apple Watch. For the, this is, of course, excluding everybody else. So the iPhone, Apple Watch, they updated their, um, their physical activity app. And now you can get new widgets, put them on your iPhone. Uh, you can actually set different goals related to all the rings, and that was kind of limited before. And they have a, a plethora, a variety of new workout types. So in the picture, you, you have like fitness gaming, flexibility, functional strength. Um, what else do I have here? Um, uh, bowling, American football, archery, right? So if you're into all these different types of workouts and activity, you can hit that um, that topography, that sports exercise movement um I count them for your minutes so um i really like the uh the new home screen widget so that's just the you know android's had that for a long time but iphone finally came around so that's a nice nice little display on your screen that shows um your movement how much you've been standing and your exercise minutes so um three things to love about that iphone update you have the goals the widgets and the expanded exercise library all right, the next post I put together, uh, fun little post. Just uh, uh, B.F. Skinner was uh, he's you know somebody say the the father of behavior analysis, right? Described the principle. So I just put together a fun little quote that maybe if he was alive, he might say this. So quote, I'm quoting B.F. Skinner as if I've had this conversation. And he endorsed everything that I've done. He says, "Hi, I'm B.F. I'm B.F. Skinner. I'm a famous psychologist. I discovered the principles of operant learning." Operant learning is learning by doing. These principles apply to our behavior, even fitness behaviors. I endorse Behavior Fit's approach to applying the science of human behavior to health and fitness goals. Well, thank you, BF. I appreciate that. And he said, get fit by doing. So there you go. BF Skinner, if he would if he was alive, maybe he would have said that um, to me. All right. Next post, so we have a uh, graphic here on body weight and body mass index, so they are related to each other. So what I did was I graphed a client's average weight and average BMI, you know, so weight and BMI, they track together on the same data path. Why? Because BMI is a ratio that uses both weight and height. So um, your, your height isn't going to change that much. That graph isn't going to change that much. So when you have the weight and the BMI, they will track together. So I'm and my client's graph here, we have she was at 254, now she's down to 246, and her BMI was at 41, now it's down to 40. So the data paths look very, very similar. So 
Um, and I'm happy to report she's actually, since this post, she's actually down another 10 pounds. So her BMI is probably down to 36 or 37 now. So, um, so just a nice little highlight when you are graphing those types of data. Look at body weight, body mass index, and they uh, put them on the on the graph. It's good to see because um, that BMI is, is an indicator of you know general health and wellness. All right, next graph we have. Or not next graph, but next post. Uh, why is sitting considering the uh, why is sitting considered the new smoking? That's the title. So on the left side, I have a picture of a chair. On the right side, we have a picture of a cigarette. And in the middle, it says that basically it's the picture of the chair versus this, the, the cigarette. So on the left side, you have for every hour you sit watching TV or listening to a lecture, your life expectancy decreases by 22 minutes. And this was said by a, a, a well-known sedentary behavior researcher, David Dunstan. So that's 22 minutes. That's the key part there. And then for every cigarette you smoke, your life expectancy decreases by 11 minutes, right? So you have, um, these are epidemiological studies, outcomes, right? You can't. We can't say cause and effect, but uh, the uh, the overwhelming, uh, you know, large data sets that we do have when you start calculating these numbers, you run the algorithm, and the cost of physical inactivity appears to be more uh, more harmful than just uh, cigarette smoking. And if we can all agree that cigarette smoking is bad, then we can probably all agree that sitting too much throughout the day is bad for us too. Um, Yep, so that's uh, that's those four posts. We have uh, wow, we have another five more to go. Okay, so the next next one. All right, so the next post I made a little dashboard called "Fitness Change Requires Monitoring Both." Okay, this is an important point: outcome measures and behavioral measures. So, creating a new dashboard here for my client. Outcome measures. These are going to be delayed metrics. This is your heart rate. Heart rate. Weight and body mass index. So I just talked about weight and BMI. And then your behavioral measures, what you're doing every day is that physical activity and exercise. So you have to always think about when you're measuring um, different components of fit, uh, health and fitness that are you measuring kind of a day-to-day -day leading measure, behavioral measure, like steps, exercise, or you're only looking at outcomes. And you really need to have a, a combination of both to really have a good picture of, you know, are the day-to-day -day activities leading to something meaningful, you know, those outcome measures. So couple examples there check that out on that social media post all right i'm gonna have to speed through this because it is in the morning and i gotta i gotta get to my to my gym workout so next post generalized matching law uh the matching law is a behavior principle that predicts that we will spend or allocate our responses on acti on activities that produce more reinforcers so there's a mathematical equation all these basic uh, scientists that put that you know put together this research you know 20 30 years ago you have the you know, responding in one area and then responding in another area, so left and right, it's going to be equal to the ratio of the reinforcement that's available. So you think about, um, so if I open up Instagram, right, or if I open up my podcast app, there's going to be a certain, you know, density or level number of reinforcers available, their likes, notifications, things like that. So you can have a ratio there, and you compare that to, like, another behavior, which is... Um, what you have is the uh, the, the running um, and, you know, entering competitions. And looking at this, I actually, actually goofed up the graphics. So it's supposed to be the left response rate and the right response rate. So it should I should have a picture of the... I'm confusing myself now. 
left, I have a key in the bottom here. So right uh, reinforcement, the left response rate. So it should be Instagram icon. So opening the app and then running equals the Instagram notifications over the medals run. Well, I just probably just confused the heck out of you right now. So really it's going to be a ratio of your responding is going to be uh, uh, related to how much reinforcement available. In general, you're going to go, you're going to spend your time allocating responses to where more reinforcements available. So if there's more reinforcement available on your phone than going to the gym, then you're probably going to stay on your phone. So um, I need to make a correction um, correction image on that one. Well, that's fun. Good thing I did this review, right? Always review your work, folks. Jeez. Okay. Generalized matching law. It seems simple, but they can. there's so many different derivatives of the equation that you can kind of in the weeds real fast so matching law um, next post continuous heart rate monitoring hack uh, so one uh, graphing uh, heart rate data I add uh, I color coded desired heart rate ranges to readily see um, progress so you know anything above 80 resting um, beats per minute resting heart rate is really bad so you, kind of the big cut points are 80 70 60 so when you can color code those different areas you know look at the visual here um, on, so, on social media, it gives, you, it gives you a better idea of where you're at and how well you're, uh, you know, your client's responding to intervention, um, you know, physiologically speaking. So um, that was that one. Then two more to go here. So I'm kind of going through this fairly fast. Again, got to make that 6 o'clock workout. Um, how does your physical activity stack up against our agent ancestors? So this is a classic XY graph here where I have um, our daily steps uh, on the x-axis and the miles on the left. Um, so just through, uh, you know, our evolutionary biologists and our anthropology friends um, have determined, figured out that males back in the day would, would walk or run 9.3 miles per day and females would walk 5.6 miles per day. And the current recommendation that most people hear today is 10,000 steps per day, which is uh, less than five miles or is five miles per day on average. So um, the activity that most of us aren't even meeting on a day-to-day -day basis doesn't meet the general activity guideline or general activity that our ancestors were engaging in many moons ago just to get by and survive. So, you yeah, know, the world's different, um, but uh, it just kind of puts it in perspective when we think about the body that we have in our modern-day environment. So the male line, uh, the male, um, uh, 9.3 miles, it's, it's a green line going left to right, then about two inches down you have the female, red line at 5.6 miles and the current recommendations is a dotted line right underneath that red line so um, physical activity not stacking up to what it was back in the day so um, keep moving people keep moving in the last post consulting 101 this was a popular post um, consulting 101 just in a day it's got over 100 likes uh, what behavior analysts do um, oops so this is a, a, 10, a 10 slider here, a little, little carousel. So behavior analysts are not physicians, nurses, dietitians, nutritionists, personal trainers. So what do they do? They look at the world around us for causes of health and fitness behaviors by conducting individualized assessment, collecting data on observable behavior, reviewing graphs with clients, and recommending evidence-based solutions. So these five steps, in my opinion, separate behavior analysts from other professions by conducting assessments, collecting data on those observable behaviors, reviewing graphs with clients, and recommending evidence-based solutions. So that was a uh, fun little post there. So just to quickly review, um, uh, recorded a course, go check that out, getting started in ABA.
health and fitness, uh, behaviorfit.com forward slash academy. Um, spent some time talking about how Jose was a tremendous impact on my life. Um, passed away a couple weeks ago, so go check out his bio. Just search Florida Tech Jose Martinez Diaz. Learn a lot about the man. So if you didn't if you didn't know him, that was a good time just to see all the things that he did contribute to the field. Um, talked about Apple Watch updates, BF Skinner giving me a quote, body weight and BMI, you know, map along. Uh, sitting is probably a little worse than smoking when it comes to the epi- epidemiology data. Um, looking at outcome and behavioral measures, look at you know leading indicators, what you're doing today versus those long-term outcomes. Uh, we have the generalized matching law, which I goofed up that graphic, but uh, just remember when there's more reinforcement in one area, that's where you're going to go spend more of your behavior. Uh, when you're looking at monitoring heart rate data, uh, color code the line so it's easier to see what's going on. Our ancestors moved a lot, and behavior analysts do something special. So um, that's it for today, today this morning. Um, a little longer than normal because this was a, really a three-week review, but um, I hope you enjoyed. Again, go check out the course. Um, I'll talk about it more. Um, appreciate everybody. Let me know what else uh, you want to hear and learn about. Uh, I like these review sessions. It, gives, it keeps me accountable. Hope you enjoyed them too. All right, talk to you soon. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you haven't yet, follow me on all social media platforms. You can find me at BehaviorFit, that is B-E-H-A-V-I-O-R-F-I-T, on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube. If you haven't already, check out my main site where there's blogs, sign up for the newsletter, and more. Go to www.behaviorfit.com or email me at nick at behaviorfit.com. Hope to hear from you soon, and keep moving.